swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about yet another film on that list. Masaki Kobayashi's period drama about a man, Hanshiro Sugomo, who requests to commit seppuku, or harakiri as we know it in the West, within the home of one of the distinguished lords. What unfolds after is a story of sadness and pure revenge. Harakiri was released on September 16th, 1962, and it stars Tetsuya Nakadai, Akira Ishiyama, and Tetsuro Tamba. Before we change into the event-appropriate kimonos, I have to ask you to leave a review for this podcast and your favorite podcast platforms. That's right. Give us a thumbs up. Tell your friends. Tell us how we're wrong. Hold a session uh, in your courtyard with all your friends, a listening session. Why not? You know, hear us out. Mm. <laughs> How's your week been? It's been, uh, it's been quite eventful. Um, oh. I didn't... I didn't go to anybody's house to try to come in seppuku. Um, Good. Generally speaking, um, I rode my bike and pulled my I rode my bike and pulled my back. Uh, oh. It's one of the joys of being uh, almost forty, um, right? <laughs> but <laughs> um, but it's been a good week generally. That's fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, I I saw a lot of movies, but. Um, I feel like the the most fun I've had in in, in a while was uh, on Friday. I joined a kind of speakeasy secret movie type of deal, and um, they showed Female Trouble by John Waters, and it was a lot of fun. I've never seen that movie before. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, and it was all you know, like you have to go through a back entrance of a movie theater and all that kind of stuff. It was it was, it was very fun. Uh, highly recommend. <laughs> Seeking that out, uh, I think it was like backdoor movies or something like that. Uh, try to find that out in the area. Um, you know, I know John Waters to be quite the flamboyant um, character, and I'm imagining yeah. this movie is just as flamboyant, and it's a self reflection of who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it features Divine, right? his uh, I, I guess his muse, and. Um, you have a 30-year-old man in drag play a teenager for a part of the movie. It's it's hilarious. It's fun. <laughs> and very campy like and very fun. over the top. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, and then when I went to a concert yesterday and left after half an hour because it sucked. <laughs> really? Which, well, don't say the concert name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, that's that's interesting. I've, I I will say that you know, I tried to do opera, um, oh. a, a while back, and uh, we went to watch an opera show. Which one did you see? I forgot the name, which is fine. Um, I think the only problem I worry about is if I forget the name and I get invited to another showing of this. Um, I don't want to be caught in that theater watching another four hours of people speaking Italian on stage with translations right there on the small screen. Um, it wasn't fun. Um, oh, yeah. And I wish I had taken your cue and just left after 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got to go to the opera too last year because they, they had a local deal. And um, I chose a short opera. I chose uh, Orpheus and Eurydice. And that was like an hour 
10 minutes or so it's a quick little you know story that you already know so that was that was okay um visually it was kind of cool but yeah it's a lot of repetitive you know singing yes it's the repetitive singing that gets to you it's like come on move the story along and i think the problem was it wasn't based in the past it was based during world war ii and it was like a nurse so it wasn't like oh my god there's a visual treat on the screen it was more like okay i guess we're in a hospital now um and somebody's been shot i don't know what's going on but uh yeah anyway speaking of uh, moving the story on which is something uh the House of Iku uh, also had a lot of thoughts about. <laughs> so come on, let's, <laughs> let's move the story along. Harakiri, first time watching this movie from me. I think you've seen mm. it before, right? Yes, this is not my first time. This is probably my third, third or fourth time watching this movie. Okay, and I, I should give you my bias. I am a, I am a big fan of Japanese um, movies. Um, I follow lots of the major um, Japanese storytellers, including Masaki Kobayashi um, and Akira. Tur- Akira, uh, I've forgotten his name. Um, I, 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 I follow a lot of these movies, and I kind of, um, I kind of know what the arguments are going to be against this film. Um, Akira Kurosawa, um, and I, I think I'm ready to argue in either direction for this movie, but old Japanese stories are very interesting because it came out when they were trying to do some flamboyant things with the cameras. And uh, anyway, let's go on to the, let's go on to the conversation. I'm not going to spoil your arguments. Yeah. 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 Let's hear synopsis first to get everybody kind of in the right frame of mind of what we're talking about here. And then we'll do the coin toss and get going. Aging samurai Hanshiro Tsugumo arrives at the home of Kageyu Saito and asks to commit a ritual suicide on the property, which Saito thinks is a ploy to gain pity and a job. Saito tells Tsugumo of another samurai, Motome Chijiva, who threatens suicide as a stratagem, only to be forced to follow through on the task. When Tsugumo reveals that Chijiva was his son-in-law, the disclosure sets off a fierce conflict. And we're back. All right, let's flip a coin, my friend. I'm going to go with heads. Heads today. Tails. Tails, oh. tails, tails. It's on me. I'll speak against this. I knew we were going to speak against it. I am 100%. <laughs> All right, let's go for it. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor, Harakiri uh, is a movie that almost wanted me to go down that path towards the end of it because it's just so long and droning and it is really boring it's a really boring movie um i i had a hard time just kind of being engaged with it because it's um the biggest issue i have with it i think and and i think i share the similar sentiments in my seven samurai discussion but is that it in order to fully grasp what is happening here, you need to bring a lot of knowledge about Japanese customs and 
etiquette and honor systems and all these things to the table to fully appreciate it. If you don't have that, then this movie really drones because you're missing a pretty vital layer to the story. I think, I don't know because I don't have it. Right. So it's like, um, the front and center for me, the bamboo, um, katana on one hand, it's showing that he's poor. On the other hand, uh, they have, they, they force him to, to do, uh, harakiri with it. But I was wondering, okay, is that, is that kind of a slight from that house that he's doing it? Is that like, well, you, you made your bed and you have to eat it too, or would have, would have normally been, uh, customary to provide it like proper knife to do it. You know, there's like all these things that I'm like, okay, what are the layers here that I obviously don't get because there's meaning behind this because we are led on this whole revenge plot that is pretty obvious. Um, but, but it's kind of unclear what the revenge is actually about because, you know, ignorant me is not fully understanding all the, the, the layers of this. So I, I understand I'm arguing on a, on a, on the face of ignorance to degree, but we're talking about uh, the best movies of all times. Right. And there, in order for, for me to understand, to get this moniker, I think you need to pick up your audience to a degree. Uh, and I don't think this movie did that enough. So if you're lacking this, you're confronted with a movie that is very long, lots of conversations, and it's not doing anything because, uh, you know, it's just, just kind of a long conversation about uh, a kind of a boring story about boring story of a person that's down on his luck and lost everything sure that's sad but i i kind of didn't care for this character so that's my mind it's a it's a very interesting way to start the argument um (laughs) i think there are two there are two films that people consider to be some of the very best from japan akira kurosawa's um Seven Samurai and Kobayashi's Harakiri. Um, one interesting thing is a lot of people prefer um, the Seven Samurai to this one because the choreography in the fighting was a lot better. But everybody who watches this film, not everybody, of course, because you don't, uh, um, you're not a fan of it. Um, people who watch this film and like it praise this film for the story and criticize it for the action. Um, and oh yeah, interestingly enough, um, Kobayashi went on to make um, Samurai Rebellion, where he tried to um, improve the fighting in that. Uh, but in doing so, he lost the story. Um, I think the story in this movie is superb. And and I'm I'm going to talk about some of the significant points of it. Um, you went straight for the bamboo sword, um, and I'm going to give you the context in which that was very important. Um, we have uh, 
an assassin, um, sorry, a samurai named Hanshiro, who was one of the top samurais in one of the feudal lord's homes. After, you know, the samurai, um, the feudal lord gets, um, was forced to commit um, harakiri because of uh, disgrace, um, he becomes a ronin and is walking around. Um, the Lord gives, tells him to adopt his son and make him, um, make him his own, um, and, uh, avoid killing, uh, himself and just live in the world. So they become poor and down on the luck, on their luck. The significance of the bamboo sword is that, um, the kid, uh, played, um, played by Akira Ishihama, um, whose name is Motomi Shijiwa, um, decided that to save his family, he would sell his sword um, and trade the, the metal part for uh, a bamboo uh, because they were living in the peaceful times. This is the peaceful times and one of the, the beginning of the downfall of the samurai as we know it today. Um, and one of the more significant parts is he sold his sword for a bamboo and he wanted to take advantage of the fact that lords were um, coming in. People were, Ronins were going into houses of lords to commit um, seppuku or harakiri as we know it in the West. Um, and rather than have that stuff being done in their homes, they would give these people money and tell them to go away. So he decides to go to this house um, and rather than give, rather than allow him to, Go, give him money and go away. These people decided they were going to do it the old-fashioned way. At this particular point in history, what people used to do was they would put a, a an umbrella on the on the stand in front of them, and once they reached for it, they would cut off their heads. But he, they said he was going to kill himself with the bamboo stick. The significance of all of this, and I think I've gone on a big rant, is that. When <laughs> Hanshiro sees that he he had replaced his with a bamboo stick, he goes, I couldn't, why didn't I consider doing this? I've been holding on to the past so long that it never occurred to me that I could just sell my sword for bamboo and save my family. And the desperation for his adopted son, who is now his son-in-law, um, kind of pained him. And it's one of the reasons why he goes into that household because he wanted them to pay for the disgrace they've had. They've given his family. So it's. I, I think that the story is extremely compelling. Um, I think that the significance of all the characters, you know, there's a lot of films that do a lot of action and this movie is not one of them. There is some action in this film. Um, but like I said, it's not, it's not the best choreographed action in the world, but what carries the action is the story. Um, and I think Harakiri provides one of the best stories that has ever come out of Japan, um, which talks about, you know, the lack of, um, honor that existed within lords at that particular time. The fact that samurais were not actually playing um to the rules that they set um for example he cut off the tops of the hairs of some of the samurai and rather than come in uh which is one of the biggest things you can do to a samurai 
if you cut off the top knot, they got they have it's one of the biggest disgraces. They will generally have to kill themselves. But instead of doing that, they said they were sick and they never came in. Um, so it's like these people were hypocrites and they killed his son, uh, son-in-law, um, using hypocritical rules, forcing him to do um sepulchre with a bamboo stick. Um and uh anyway. I, I think I love the story. It's it's obvious from the way I'm talking about it. Um, so I kind of disagree with the fact that the story doesn't make any sense or the story is boring. I think that the acting was very compelling from the very beginning. The way the story presented itself, slowly building. I mean, when he gets to the gate, he says, oh my God, I want to. He uses the same conversation that Shijime used when he came. Uh, the same lines. Um, and when the feudal lords asked him, like, hey, do you know Do you know uh, the previous guy who tried to do this? It's like, no, I don't know Motima, Motomi. I, I'm just doing this on my own. And when he sits down in front of everybody, he says, oh, yeah, I did know him. And I'm going to tell you the story of how I know him. And it slowly builds, slowly builds. The tension is just increasing, increasing, increasing till the very end after he disgraces the whole family. Um, and says, oh, my God, um, I, I will now have to die. Um, I, think the, I think the story is brilliant. Hmm. I, I kind of feel like you made my point, though, right? Because it's my point is that you need to have a lot of uh, knowledge going in about the samurai ronin rules and tribulations uh, to fully appreciate this. And if you don't, then you need to have lengthy <laughs> explanations like the one you just gave to make sense of any of this. Like, you you can get parts of it, but I don't think you can appreciate it as much as you do if you're missing that. Um, I think it's, especially after having seen Spirited Away and even Grave of the Fireflies, and calling this the best, uh, like one of the best coming out of Japan, uh, is ludicrous to me. <laughs> because I, I, I think those two movies are far better than this. Um, I think even Seven Samurai is better than this. Even though that one was also very long and drawn out and uh, unnecessarily so. I think this, this movie, Harakiri, is a good 30 minutes too long easy and i mean as you said the fight scenes are not good they're really not good they're really really not good it's it's being explained and he's the only one that had any real combat experience and everybody else in that house uh didn't because it's it's the quiet times there's no wars going on anymore but I find it still very unrealistic that you have like 30 people uh, going against one person and the, the, the single person is uh, is having the upper hand for quite a while. Um, and again, I suspect there's something that is missing, that there's some kind of honor system, right? That it's like one versus one. It's not just piling on. That's my suspicion. I don't know. Um, I don't think I should go to to have uh, Japanese studies before I watch a movie, uh, which 
you know, I I think this is somewhat where this fails. Um, pick some people up because like the time this movie is set is 16, 1619 or something like that, right? In 1600s. I, I, I bet a lot of these customs and systems that are set up uh, are no longer relevant anyway, right? So how about you pick people up and, and kind of get them up to speed like we do with our synopsis? Um, so I will say, I will say that, um, the movie takes place in 1630. Um, 1619 was when the, um, the Shogun abolished his, um, his, uh, his own, uh, Lord's, uh, Daimyo's, um, home, uh, forcing the Daimyo to commit Harakiri, um, and his son, uh, becoming his, and taking his son as his own. Um, so... This is this is in a period of peace, and the reason why that um, happened was because they had the Great War and the Shogun, and he was on the losing side. Um, but I, I will say, I mean, you mentioned that this movie wasn't explained. I think there are many parts of the film that um, had explanations. Um, I think that, you know, there's the scene where Omodaka, um, just before... The the son um, the son commits suicide uh, the harakiri he explains how the ritual used to work um, how they do the rituals in other homes and how they wanted to do the ritual in this home so he wanted to be a, a samurai purist um, and the reality was that um, when his top knot was cut. Uh, he couldn't do, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, well, he committed harakiri, the other two didn't. Um, the people who were in the room, only one of them could actually do the harakiri. Everybody else just said, oh my God, I'm home, I'm sick, I can't come in. So they were pushing this idea of pure samurai um, and they they couldn't follow through themselves. Um, the reason, um, it's interesting too, because uh one of the fascinating uh you, you we, we've talked about the fighting scenes and i want to say that there is some truth to the fact that nobody just ran in and just tried to stab him there's a code of conduct for some of the fighters and um the truth is hanshiro was the only samurai who had actually or he was a ronin at that point who had actually seen battle so having going one-on-one -on -one with him would mean that they would probably die um so they had to go in this balletic movement where they would surround him and try to force him to a corner and try to stab him um some of it was done for theater and some of them, some of it was done for, um, you know, for just to mimic how they used to fight in those days. Um, so there's a level of theater to it. There's a level of realism to it. But, I, you know, I would say that there are lots of jump cuts in the film, so it doesn't make it as coherent as you want it to be. But I think that the story in this film is just significantly strong. Um and I feel like that carries this movie um, for me. And, um, you know, it's quite interesting 
to hear the other side of the conversation. You also said that I, <laughs> it was ridiculous that I, <laughs> that I liked this movie story more than all the other ones, Spirited Away and all of those things. Um, and even Grave of the Fireflies. You know, the story of Grave of the Fireflies moves me a lot. And uh, um, as a man's man, I didn't cry. Um, but as a human, it <laughs> it definitely touched me. But I will say that this story is stronger because of the element of revenge. Um, he's taking action because of what is happening to him. Um, I, I feel like there is a happiness to it in the end that he's able to take control and show that the hypocrisy in society is a story of class. It's a story of um societal differences between the Ronins and the, the haves and the have nots, people taking advantage. There's a lot of multi there's a multi-layered approach for this story that I don't think all the other ones that you mentioned have. Spirited Away, I loved it. I loved Spirited Away. I loved Seven Samurai. And the truth about it is Seven Samurai is a great film. Um and the story is very good, but I think the story is stronger. And Grave of the Fireflies is just a is a is a is a ballad of sadness um, for kids who don't have any way to change their um, their fate. Um, but this one, Harakiri, you have a situation where somebody took his fate into his own hands and decided to fight against the system, breaking all taboos and going out the way he wanted. Because in the end of the film he still gets to go leave as he wanted to leave, not because they forced him to, just because, not because they killed him, but because he killed himself. He, le he, le he, he left the world the way he wanted, destroying the houses, um, the, you know, the, I forgot what they called them, but you saw the, the family crest that was sitting that he grabbed and he threw on the ground. Um, yeah. That's basically, um, he f soiled the whole family's name just in that fight. Um, Did he though? Because it's, like, you could you could tell that, you know, there's damage control at the end, right? It's like, this never happened. All these, uh, uh, the, our, our uh, was it samurai? You know, they all got sick. Like, everybody that, you know, they, they got sick. Um they committed harakiri or whatever right um and like there, there was a lot of um <laughs> let, let's stay on brand here and say that, that we're the the best house on the block right so um did he really change anything i don't feel like he did right maybe for himself uh, he got shot in the end which i would think is also one of the things that is probably not part of the the social contract that you do when you when you're going down that path i don't know i think i i feel like all these lengthy conversations and and like making that story heard and explaining why he's going on this a revenge thing is nullified in the end because from what we learned like how the movie ends um, they do a big amount of damage control and that's it like nothing has a big effect on the house itself so does, does they any know. of this have any but they Ooh. know uh. the people in the house know and i think that 
all the samurai that fought that guy knows that this is what happens and there's no way the word will not leak out. They still get the honors, but that honor is soiled. The fact that he got that suit of armor and threw it on the ground symbolizes a, a soiling of the family name. Those people in this house know, and it's the significance of that is not lost in them. As he performs um, Harakiri, they shot him, but I think that he would have died anyway. But I, I, I don't. I think that he went out the way he wanted to, um, and they, no matter how many times they try to scrub the floor, um, they they still will be known for that loss. The amount of people in that room who saw that fight happen, I'm on five people dead. And the two people who didn't cut their top knots, they eventually had to t- cut their top knots. That story is gonna that story is gonna go out. And even if it just simmers in the bubbles in the underlying world, it's still gonna be significant to that family name. So I think he achieved what he needed to achieve. I don't know. Like it feels If it's so not inconsequential, but it feels so meaningless. Like who cares? Like his family is all done. So his whole point is revenge on Yeah, I don't I'm just not compelled by this. Like and and again, like I think it's part part not like having the background to, to fully appreciate it and I acknowledge that. It um but I'm I'm also not. I was not interested in the revenge story of it all. Because I didn't feel like any of this warranted that kind of revenge. I think it's just a story of a man who had nothing else to lose, after he has lost everything, saying, okay, "I'm going to so... mess up society, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to prove these people to be hypocrites," and he achieves that. That makes makes him even more unlikable, then, right? I, I love like, this character. <laughs> okay, he took, he took he took his destiny into his own hands, and he went for it. He had nothing else to lose, and I think there are tones of sadness. His daughter dies of tuberculosis. His son, uh, the, his daughter, his grandson dies a few days uh, later or before. Um, and his uh, son-in-law uh, dies um, from trying to trick uh, a family who had everything to give them just a little bit, a little bit, uh, share a little bit of their wealth with them. Um, and this man who has been down on his luck, one of the, you saw him in his past too, when he had, uh, when he was uh, in, the, when his feudal lord's home, he was a general of some sort. Uh, top of the line, um, top of the line soldier for his lord, and he he's been um, he's been reduced to creating umbrellas for people. Um, I I think that this is a story of somebody who ran out of luck and decided he was going to expose society for the hypocrites they are. I think that there's anybody who watches this film from that perspective will appreciate it, especially in the world we live in today where, where they have and they have nots and they have keep saying, oh, 
we, we need to do more while they destroy the society. And I'm not going to make this into a socio-political conversation. Um, but I think somebody who goes in and tries to say, hey, we need to reform the system, uh, and he, they make those people a laughing stock, should be rewarded. The more I think about it, the more it's like, okay, this is this is kind of like Gladiator, okay. right? Um, for, you you have the the leader of of an army battalion, his family gets killed, he goes against the grand and, and, and tries to to shine the light on the injustices of the world and tries to bring down the emperor. In a, I would say... To a degree, right? I can see that. I can see that. And uh, as you saw all the Romans sharing for him at the very end, yeah, they're kind of like the society that he... If they were in that room, they would be cheering for our main man, Hanshiro, just like they did for the gladiator. I've never, I actually never put the two stories together, but when you said that, I think it kind of makes sense. Where it fails, though, is we have a very obvious, like, because you, you make the point that he's trying to show society, society where they're wrong and all that. I think where this movie fails, if we keep this analogy, is that the eg i think it's what the house is called i yeah. never got the e. E, yeah they i never got the feeling that they are that crazy powerful mm-hmm. they're one of they're one of the houses that that have influence is what i gathered but it sounded like there were m- more of these around mm-hmm. So uh, I think if you take the stance of this movie is about the little guy trying to show how society has failed and is is wrong in the in its current state the gravitas of his little revenge is not there so it's ineffective right like if if we keep the analogy with Gladiator kind of going, like he's going against the emperor, <laughs> the biggest like, mm. head person, right? But but um, this person goes against this house, which okay will be disgraced, but society as a whole will not change because of that. Society will be like, oh look at those bozos, like they they couldn't get it done. They're all ineffective losers. But who cares? Right, so it's it's inconsequential and it's it's too localized for it to achieve what it's setting out to do. And I think that's I think the localization, I think the localization makes it more personal. And the truth about it is, nothing changes in, after the gladiator. After the gladiator is dead, I mean, nobody. Well, it's going to be gladiator too now. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but I, I do. I think that it's probably going to be at a different time. And it's probably going to cover something else. I don't think it's going to be a direct, direct um, continuation of that old film. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that I think that nothing changed for them too. But you still got the satisfaction knowing that the emperor died. Um, but the stakes are higher. 
the stakes are higher. But that that's that's what comes with you know a Hollywood film. Um, in this one, the the stakes are localized. It's a lot more personal. It's more of a Robin Hood versus the Lord story than it is the Robin Hood versus the King story. Um, and you know, I think that those stories can be quite effective. The interesting thing about it is before the story and after the story, what they wrote in the journal were lies about what happened. But the the joy of the film is that we know exactly what really happened and how bad the family name is. We get to see the real thing. They get to live in this world where they bamboozle everyone. Um, and I think that's where the brilliance of everything happens. Like we get to see the hypocrisy, even if whatever they journaled after this action is is bull is bull bucky. Hmm. I, I I think the movie is brilliant. Um, I think there's an argument to be made against the film. I think that's fair. Um, as somebody who also prefers Seven Samurai um, to this film, because I feel like the artistry of the action is a little bit better. Something that Akira Kurosawa uh, honed in on. Um, but there's so many aspects of this film that kind of beats Seven Samurai um, because this movie has the heart. It doesn't have the action. And Seven Samurai has some heart and very good action, even though they're very long. Um, I, I guess we're already in the side <laughs> side corner by now. <laughs> um, right, then, we, I think we, we, we can move over officially, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, let's move to the sidebar. Overruled! Sidebar! Guilty! Speculation! Hearsay! Bailiff! Briefcase! Disregard! In my chamber! Stop Beaver on the witness! Arrest! We could totally be lawyers. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I think this movie is, is great. I think it's a very good, uh, I, I think there's an argument to be made about, you know, the context of some of these actions. What are the significance of this? Um, and I think that the sorting of the name is very important um, because of the importance of the household names in Japan in that period. Um, there's a lot of, you know, it's, this is right after we've got the first shogun. Uh, first time we have a, sh uh, a warrior king, a warrior emperor. Um, after the emperors uh, declares that the 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 emperor, uh, I'm not going to go into the history, so I don't sound, uh, don't make a mistake, and we get lots of letters. But there's there's context to this. One of the, yeah, let me avoid that. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who grew up uh, and went to a school where there were lots of um, factions that had a big stake in the honor system, you know, just keep it vague. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, would you say you went against whatever, right? And it's like, uh, I just don't get that whole... Con like I don't get the whole honor system thing um and I find it tedious because nobody cares like I, I I don't you know like sure you can you can put your family and all that on the pedestal and everybody does but it's it's like somebody said something about them is this crazy affront I just move on with your life dude um so fundamentally uh this is just like a construction 
a, a, a world, a mindset that I don't understand. I, I, I don't, I, 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 I just don't get it. Right. I, I don't understand the concept of uh, like family honor because I think it's personally, I think it's kind kind of dumb in a way because many a war has been fought because of that for nothing in my opinion um but you know i'm i'm also just your friendly neighborhood pacifist in that sense like i think it's so un- unnecessary um same with with many other parts right where where people are staunchly defending uh, whatever they believe in and it's it's just tedious so having that as a foundation for a movie and a story is a little tricky for me personally i think the the uh, another way to compare this to not gladiator because gladiator is kind of running on the same honor vein thing um would be john wick even though completely different, right? But, but the the inception or the the idea of revenge because something triggered that reaction is similar, but it's more heartfelt, and I think it's more relatable in John Wick for me personally, just because like that whole motivation makes more sense than this family honor thing. But again, I acknowledge that that I might be somewhat ignorant to all of this, and I'm I just don't get it. But me not getting it results in me not liking the movie. That's pretty simple, right? So there's that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, uh, John Wick. I think that in general, revenge films, revenge films tend to be about personal issues. Um, so I think that normally speaking, you could probably point out any revenge film and put it in here and yeah. you would find the similarities. Um, um, I think that, uh, I, w- I, w- I will say that, um, I will say that the movie f- for me is very compelling. Uh, the argument about, um, his societal uh, standards about family names and all of that. I think it's something that runs in a lot of societies. Um, a lot of people consider their family name to be significant. It even runs in America. Uh, we, we know of the the Kennedys. We know of the Martin Luther the Kings. We know of the um, you know the Rockefellers, um, and we still have family shenanigans going on right now. Um, so it's just human tendency. Um, and the richer, the more people get rich, the more the rich get richer, the more significant the names become. Um, because they, they're able to separate themselves from the doldrums of society and live in extravagance. Um, and they control more power. So there's a concentration of power in certain families. And I don't think I should use this to explain societal <laughs> societal structures. But I, I do think that the movie is significant because it kind of goes against the... It tries to expose the families as hypocrites um, because of the fact uh, that they feel like they can tell people what to do, but they don't follow the same rules. 
Um, and I, I think that I think that's the significant point I would like to make about this film. I think the movie is brilliant, but it has problems. It drags. You know, I I can understand the argument about oh, yeah. it being too long. Um, because they give you the story in drips and drabs. Uh, at some point they wanted to they wanted to stab him and uh, they wanted to kill him and he goes, but let me finish my story. And they're like, oh, I guess we should all sit down and listen to the rest of the story. Um, I can understand that. But I also think that it's also a societal thing where those people were trying to protect their family name and he was taking advantage of the fact that they were trying to protect their family name. So it's the movie took advantage and tried to break down societal rules. I think the movie sort of succeeds. Um, and I think the story of revenge, even though he never got to get the daimyo, was still significantly strong. The three people involved in the death of his son-in-law, they eventually all had to commit harakiri. Um, and that's is the significant part of this. Well, but only because they 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 were grossly ineffective in what they thought they were, right? Like they they thought no, they the... it's because he cut off their top knot. Well, yeah, but but they're ineffect they they were ineffective in being skillful enough to prevent that from happening in the first place, right? So they were terrible samurai. They were terrible samurai because they had actually never seen battle and Hanshiro was the only one who had seen battle. So all the skills they had from the paperback, they've been reading about it. But when it actually came to actually fighting, they were not as good as somebody who had actually seen battle. And he used many skills to prove that he was better. Like when they were fighting, he grabbed the stones and he threw it into their faces. Nobody thought about doing that, but somebody who has seen Fatal knows that you've got to take advantage of whatever you can to win the fight. Yeah, I guess. I don't... <sighs> yeah, again, I don't... It's just not one for me. <laughs> like, that's fine. You know, I... That's fine. You know, I, I'm glad I saw it. But it it it's not something I would see again. Like I would see Grave of the Fireflies over this many times. <laughs> oh man, I only, I only watch Grave of the Fireflies at least once every <laughs> two three years. I'm glad we've gotten it over with because man, I don't want to watch that film for another three years. Um, but yeah, that I I wouldn't I wouldn't take Grave of the Fireflies over this. Uh, Grave Grave of the Fireflies is too difficult to watch. Um, and this one is a little bit, it's a little bit more gratifying. Yeah. That's fine. You know, so, I mean, they, they can't all be movies that are hard to argue against. Like from, like I said, for me, I, I acknowledge, again, I acknowledge that there's a great deal of just not having knowledge and ignorance in, uh, in, in this movie and this whole history of it um but i also think there is a way to get people that don't have that into the fold a little better and this movie was ineffective for that for me all right um i knew you were not gonna like it 
And I think <laughs> once you told me Harakiri, I was like, I'm just going to be interesting to hear what you have to say. Uh, I think the movie is great, um, but I think it's up to the audience to decide who wins this argument. Yeah. Um, but I will say they need to see this film. Even if you'd hate it, just watch it once. Try to get to the end and see what your impressions of the film are at the very end. There's a reason why this movie is rated so highly. Um, and I think that you should give it a, give it a watch no matter what. Sure, sure. Uh, another movie we need to give a watch, because that's the next one coming up, is The Untouchables. The Untouchables? The Untouchables, The Untouchables? The Untouchables. Oh, the French film. Yes. Ah, I love that film. I mean, it's going to give us a, a significant amount of mood change compared to the sort of films that we've been watching. Um, all right, so it's a happy film. Uh, it's I think a, it's, it's a, a good break. Yeah, drama comedy made in Europe. I love it. I love it. Wee, 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 wee. Cool. Until then, though, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook on at Movie Mistrial. And if you do want to send us an email, you can always send us an email to... Contact at MovieMistrial.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, total dis dis uh, engagement with this particular episode, because I know it's going to anger a lot of people. Either way. <laughs> That's right. Pile right on me. Do it. I dare you. All right, everybody. Have a good one. All right.